Hi, thank you for tuning into the Short Stacks. I'm Lisa Quintero, Young Adult Librarian. And I'm Lizzie Jelly, Virtual Engagement Librarian. This is a show where we talk to you about what we've been reading, listening to, or watching. And this week, we have something special in store. We are going to talk to you about the Milwaukee County Teen Book Awards. Yep. Lisa, do you want to go ahead and get us started and tell us a little bit about the MCTBA? Yeah, so... If you've listened to the podcast in the past, you've probably heard me talk about the Mictaba Awards, um, as we refer to them on the committee. Um, and the Milwaukee County Team Book Awards are put together by a whole bunch of librarians here in Milwaukee County. Um, we go through and read a lot of young adult literature. And then in December, we narrow everything that we've read down to a list of 15 books. And after we've narrowed it down to 15 books, we open up voting to teens and anybody else who's reading young adult books at all of the libraries in Milwaukee County. And then we announce winners in the spring. So I am going to talk about a few of the different books that I have been reading. Just a few, right? Just a few, yeah. (laughs) Before we kick off, how many are on this list that you started with? I'm looking in front of me and wow. Yeah, uh, currently there are probably like 200 books on the list. Wow, that's Um, a lot of books. I've read about a dozen books in the month of October. (laughs) (laughs) Just young adult books. That's not including like my adult stuff that I've read. Um, Yeah, it it gets kind of intense because I kind of save a lot of my young adult reading for like around this time of year. And then I'm like, why did I not read any of this stuff? Oh. <laughs> no, that's great, though. It's good that you get a chance to read all of it, but 200, that's an intimidating list to start with. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, you know, slowly call it. We had a meeting today, actually, and we started calling some of the, the titles out. So, um, and we all get to kind of fight for the ones that we are really, really enjoying. And so I'm going to be talking about, uh, I think I've got like four or five here that have been my favorites so far. Oh, excellent. So there's a little bit of everything on the list. Um, I will start with Apple Skin to the Core since it is November and it is Indigenous History Month. Um, and that is a biography written by Eric Gansworth, who's an Indigenous author. And it's written in verse. Um, and it is, he is um, he writes young adult novels, and he originally is from the Buffalo, New York area, and is part of the Onondaga tribe up there. And so it's kind of like it starts out telling the history of his family and how his grandparents were sent off to the residential schools. Oh. Um, and so he talks a little bit about that, um, and then he talks about being um, what is used as a derogatory term among the indigenous community, being referred to as an apple, where he's white on the inside, red on the outside. Okay. Um, and he, you know, talks about his experiences growing up loving comic books and loving literature and wanting to go to college. And, you know, and some of his indigenous friends on the reservation not agreeing with that. Um, but, you know, talks about various ways that being indigenous is, you know, okay. And, and it's... Um, you know, the way that he straddles two cultures, straddling, you know, white American culture because he went to college and he's a professor and he does all these things. And then, you know, also still going back to the reservation and like having family there and spending time there. Um, and so, yeah, it's really interesting read. Um, and it's a very quick read because it's written in verse. Um, and he's a huge Beatles fan. Oh, interesting. And so a lot of the different... Uh, category like he kind of breaks the book down into chunks um all each different chunk has the starts off with a a few Beatles lyrics or the name of a Beatles song so that's pretty cool yeah that sounds really cool actually yeah yeah and so that one I feel like has appeal beyond just you know young adults because it's it's you know a biography basically so if you're into biographies uh check out Apple Skin to the Core by Eric Gansworth next one that I wanted to talk about is a historical fiction book called We Are Not Free 
And that one is actually a finalist for the National Book Award. Um, it is by Tracy Chi. And it is about um, the internment camps, Japanese internment camps here oh, in the United okay. States. Um, and it's told from multiple points of view. Um, so it's like it follows this group of kids, uh, teens, uh, that live in Japantown in, Calif- in like a, a town in California. I can't remember which town it was in particular. Um, and they each get sent off to this camp, and then what happens to them from there. And I, I learned a lot, because, um, you know, it's like the Japanese internment camps, at least when I was in school, were just barely touched upon. I don't know about when you were in school. Like Same. They were very – I didn't really even learn about them until I was in college, which is terrifying, the fact that I went that long in my life without knowing this huge part of American history. But yeah. that's great that it's showing up in a young adult historical novel. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, they, they kind of address um, a question that, I guess, uh, the people who were interned at the camps had to s- fill out a questionnaire, and the questionnaire at the end asked two questions. One, if they would renounce their allegiance to Emperor Hirohito, and two, if they would, um, you know, fight for America and, and pledge their allegiance to the United States. And so some people um, felt that, you know, they already were American. They were born here. They were raised here. Like they, they were like, we pledge ourselves to America. We're not going to say that we renounce Hirohito because that implies that we were under Hirohito to begin with. And so we disagree with this. And so some people wrote no to some of those questions and they were sent off to camps that were even more strict, um, had higher fences, more rules, uh, a lot harsher conditions um, to live in. Not that, you know, the original camps were great, um, and so, yeah, it kind of follows some of the teens end up in the original camp. Some of the teens end up in these, what they call the no-no camps, because mm-hmm. that's the people who said no, um, you know, and it kind of explores a lot of, of people's feelings about things. And, and you know, I never really thought about this because I, I heard about it, but I always, in my head, I think, assumed that people went back to their homes where they came from. Sure, yeah. But, like... They were dispersed all over the place, you know, so it's like, you know, they these people had businesses all throughout California and the West Coast, and they had to sell their businesses before they went off to the camps. And oftentimes they sold them for a pittance, you know, like one of the families ends up selling their laundry business for literally $50, which wow. is insane. It's nothing. Uh-huh. And so, you know, they... uh they end up getting sent off after they get out of the camps. They A lot of them got relocated to the Midwest and to mm-hmm. the South. And so, you know, you have no ties. You have your business is gone. You don't know anybody. Your community is completely broken up. Um, like, what are you supposed to do from there? Like, how do you start over? Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, very eye-opening, very heartbreaking, um, but very important history that I think people need to know about. And I think a lot of us didn't really learn that much about in school. And like, it's something that I'm glad that, you know, is in a young adult book so that next generation can can learn some more. Absolutely. No, that sounds really intense, actually. Just a lot of moving parts and a lot of just heart-wrenching scenarios. That's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the parts in the book actually made me like cry because at the oh. beginning of the book, um, the uh, one when the government comes to take them from their homes, there's an elderly Japanese man who ends up dressing up in his uniform from World War One because Aww. he served in the United States Army yeah. in World War One, thinking that, you know, they won't take him away because he served in the military previously and they still like take him away. And, you know, and it just, it's heartbreaking, you know, it's like these people were Americans, you know, and, and absolutely they're they, people and invested yeah. with lives and communities and, oh, how and then to just like break everything apart and to just, you know, be like, 
you are alien, you are not, you know, of this country, um, is just, yeah, it, it's very, very heartbreaking. Very troubling um, part of history that I'm glad is finally being talked about with people younger than 22. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. Yeah, like I said, I think it was like a blip in, in the, the history books in my high school, so. So the next one that I am going to talk about is a book called Grown by Tiffany Jackson. Um, and so this book is, I liked it a lot. It's very dark, um, but it uh, it's very powerful. Uh, it is about a young woman who wants to be a singer more than anything. Everybody compares her to Beyonce, but she's not into Beyonce. She's into like the oldies, like and like she like wants to sing like Diana Ross or Patti LaBelle and like, um, you know, she ends up going to try out for this singing competition, kind of like the American Idol, but like for BET. Oh, and yeah. so she, um, she is a, as a young black woman and she ends up going to this competition and she does not win the competition, but while she's there, she meets this guy and his name is Corey Fields and he's this like big pop star. Okay. And so, um, you know, he is like, oh, your voice is amazing. I'm going to take you under my wing. And so the whole thing kind of um, rolls out a story that was inspired by the story of Aaliyah and R. Kelly. Oh. Um, and so for anybody who knows that story, it's like Aaliyah and R. Kelly, like R. Kelly was much older than Aaliyah, the, the oh, artist. And like she ended up dying very young. And like he married her when she was like 18 or something. And he yeah. was way older. And, and so it kind of is about, you know... Um, how people use power to prey on young women and particularly young black women. And so, um, you know, you could bring in things like Cosby or you can bring in things like the Kesha and Dr. Nick or whatever that guy's name was oh, too. Yeah. Cause again, you know, there's these young women who are, um, I mean, she's not black, but you know, it, it happens a lot with young women. Um, I mean, with the Harvey Weinstein thing, it's like a lot of young actresses. Um, and so you have these young women who come in, you know, they trust this person who's like, oh, I'm going to like take you under my wing and going to show you all these things. And this person slowly grooms them and like brainwashes them. And in this case, like he drugs her and like, you know, oh and, and kind of keeps her prisoner in his house. Um, but like in exchange for, you know, I'm going to put you on stage if you do everything. And so she ends up being like so scared to like call her parents or tell anybody what's going on. Because, you know, on the outside, he's like this loving, wonderful guy but then when it's just him and her he's very abusive and um so yeah it was a very powerful story um and the the author says you know it was inspired by by the r kelly Aaliyah story but you know she said it wasn't about that particular story and she wanted to talk about she's written a previous book um called monday's not coming and like a lot of her books kind of focus on on how black girls um pain is erased and how like a lot of like when black girls go missing like people don't pay attention. And that's what Monday's Not Coming is about. It's about a girl who goes missing and nobody even notices that she's missing for like oh, wow. weeks, um, except for her friend. And everybody's like, you're crazy. Like, you know, who are you even talking about? You know, and it's like, and so, yeah, this kind of, you know, she wanted to, to highlight how it's ignored, you know, oftentimes and, and kind of swept under the rug when young black women are abused by people in power. And so, Absolutely. um, yeah, and it's very timely because in the in the book, you know, there's all these women who are bringing cases against Corey Fields, and he is, you know, denying them, and everything's getting settled out of court, and mm -hmm. and like the girls, you know, a lot of them like 
like I think a lot of times we look at these pieces from the outside and we're like, well, why didn't she do this? Or why didn't she do this? Or like, you know, with the Aaliyah thing, a lot of people were like, her parents were like totally okay with it or whatever. And I don't know what happened in the Aaliyah case, but like in this case, you know, her parents end up signing this form because the guy says like, oh, I'm going to have a guardian in place to take care of her while she's with me. If you guys sign this form saying that she can come along with me, she'll be taken care of. And so they they are like assured that everything's going to be great and that they're going to be in communication with each other. And then once they actually go on tour, the parents like never hear from her mm-hmm. and they like never hear from the guardian and they keep calling and they get the rigmarole from like the the record company and they get the rigmarole. And, the, and that's another thing that's like talked about too, is how like the big companies like are complicit in it because they're like, this is my top selling artist. So we're not going to do anything about this. Um, you know, we know that he does these terrible things, but um, we're just going to kind of sweep it under the rug because he's making us a lot of money. So. Absolutely. Wow. What a, what a dark story, but a really important one. Yeah. No, also very sure. timely because didn't, I think Elias music just got re-released on Spotify for the first time as mm-hmm. well. So yeah. it's a lot of new attention is being brought to this older case and hopefully ones that are still ongoing as well. It sounds like a great book. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you know, it goes back to that whole like me too and believe women um, stuff that has been going on for several years um, because you know, that a lot of the girls in the book, there's that then she ends up like going to this, like um, there's like a whole group of women who are trying to bring up a lawsuit against the record company. And she ends up going to this group and it's like, there's so many women who are like, I didn't come forward because of this and I didn't come forward because of this. And like, and like he like, you know, ended up making it so that they couldn't get signed with any other right. labels or, and that's kind of what was happening with the Kesha case. Like I remember they, you know, uh, she wasn't able to release any new music because Dr. Nick had like a contract with her. And so if she did that, like he would own it, it still yeah. wouldn't be her work. And like, you know, it just, yeah, it's very heartbreaking and frustrating the the power dynamics that exist in, in the entertainment industry. Absolutely. So. Very, very terrible system in a lot of ways. The next one I'm going to talk about is Concrete Rose by Angie Thomas. Um, And some folks might remember the name Angie Thomas because she wrote The Hate You Give, um, which came out a couple years ago and was actually turned into a movie. And Concrete Rose follows the story of Star's dad. And Star was the protagonist of The Hate You Give. And so it kind of gives a story of how he was part of a gang for a bit, decided to leave the gang, um, how Star came to be born, um, how her brother, because uh, if anybody remembers The Hate You Give, if you have read it, if you haven't read it, spoiler. <laughs> but uh, uh, Star's older brother has has a different mom, and it's because Star's dad accidentally got another girl pregnant when he was, like, broken up with his girlfriend, who's Star's mom. And so, like, you know, it feels like, so we hear, like, all the backstory of how that happened. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it just gives you, you know, if you liked that story, it just gives you a different perspective. It takes place in the 90s. Um, you know, a lot of references to, like, Biggie and Tupac. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, kind of dealt with uh, trying to break out of a system that you're a part of and what the consequences might be. And, um, you know, he ultimately decides to go his own way and not not be in this gang anymore, even though his dad had been in this gang. And but you know, but he's scared to get out of the gang because it's like in order to get out of the gang, you like get roughed up and like all this stuff happens. And so, um, but yeah, wow, all of these books are actually very intense, <laughs> like really good. But wow, that's a little bit of a roller coaster. To yes, through. yes, it is a roller coaster. Like today in our meeting, we were talking about there are a few books that are. Um, 
a little bit lighter that I'm looking forward to reading because a lot of the stuff that I read was uh was very dark. <laughs> Yeah, very emotionally exhausting in a way, but good, yes. really good to shine yeah, a light Yeah, good stuff on, to, like, learn, good stuff to, to, like, read, but, yeah, it was, uh, and the one that I'm currently reading that actually kind of applies to right about now is called Cemetery Boys, and that one's by Aidan Thomas, and I'm, like, in the middle of it, and it's a book about, it's, like, a magical, realistic world, and this one so far is, like, a little bit lighter, um, and it takes place around Dia de los Muertos, um, which Day of the Dead is like November 1st to November 2nd. Um, it like ends on, on it's sunset on November 2nd. And so it is about these two teens who are brujex, which uh, brujo is like a, a witch. Um, and uh, one of them is trans and he's dealing with his family, not really accepting that, you know, he um, is male and that he is a brujo and, and brujos have certain... Um, things that they're able, to, like ceremonies that they're able to perform, and then brujas perform separate ceremonies, like right. brujas are healers, and then brujos um, are the ones who are able to sever the ties of the dead between the li- like the living world. And so like if a ghost is stuck in the living world, they're able to, to sever that tie. Okay. And so it's a little bit of a mystery. Um, their cousin has gone missing, and they're trying to find their cousin, and they end up stumbling on this ghost named Julian. And Julian doesn't know exactly how he died and he's like I want to like figure out if my friends are okay before you cut me off from oh. like the world of the living and um Yadriel who's the trans character he um really wants to prove that he's a brujo and so but he also wants to help this this guy Julian and so he you know kind of also wants to prove to himself that he he can do this um and it's a really really touching story about you know coming to terms with your own identity and accepting yourself for yourself because um, at one point Julian asks Ayadreya, like, are you doing this for yourself or are you doing this to prove something to everybody else? You know, like, because mm-hmm. he's like, if you did it, you know, for yourself, like you've already proven that you can do this and this and this and this, you know, if you're doing it for somebody else, like, where, where do you, you know, how, what do you need in your life? Is this enough for you or not? So... Yeah. Sounds so good. Yeah, actually. yeah, no, it's really good. It's called Cemetery Boys uh, by Aiden Thomas. So, yeah, lots of good stuff. Yeah, um, lots of different stuff too. It's such a great variety of stuff that you've talked about so far. Yeah, um, and then yeah. I think I've got one more that was slightly lighter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just slightly, just, just slightly a little lighter. bit. Yeah, because um, you know this one's like a fun, fun mystery, but like it's got like death and whatever. Because the other was muertos, but. Uh, the last one that I have is Instructions for Dancing by Nicola Yoon. And she uh, is known for writing, you know, very lyrical kind of young adult literature. And this one's not as lyrical as some of her other books, um, but it's interesting. It's kind of, um, it's about this girl who doesn't believe that love is real, but she used to be obsessed with romance novels. Like, that's all she used to read until, like, she finds her dad cheating on her mom. And then oh, no. she's like, no, like, romance is not real. I'm never falling in love. This is terrible. Except, of course, she ends up going to a little free library to, like, get rid of all of her romance books. And while she's there, (laughs) this little old lady comes and is like, well, you got to take a book if you leave a book. And there's only one book in the box, and it says Instructions for Dancing. And it's got this address in it. So it's like little old lady, like her fairy godmother. And it's got this address in it to this dance school. And she goes to this dance school to return this book. And um, while she's there... The woman who, like, 
runs the desk, convinces her to sign up for dance classes, and is like, well, you need a partner. And so she ends up, her partner becomes like the grandson of the people who own the school. And, you know, and she ends up falling in love with him, of course. Of course she does. That's the formula. I yes, love that. Yes, so it like, follows the romance formulas, you know. Um, but it is a little bit sad because it deals with a little bit of grief. Um because she ends up, one of the things that happens once she gets the book is she's able to tell the future um, of couples. So whenever she sees a couple kissing, she's able to see how their like romantic trajectory is going to go. And this, you know, you think would make her believe in love more. But no, it makes her believe in love less because she sees how everybody's going to break up eventually. Aww, so like her friends, two of her friends, um, like she's part of this group of four friends. Two of them are kind of starting to crush on each other. And so she ends up, like, catching them kissing. And so she sees how they're going to break up and how it's going to break up their friendship and how it's going to... And so she gets, like, really mad at them. And, like, and, you know, but, like, it kind of deals with, like, the whole idea of, like, we can't... We have to live in the present. You know, we can't worry too much about the future, about what's going to happen 10, 20 years from now. Like, we have to, you know, live now because this is what we have now. And it's, like, like, would she rather actually spend time with her friends while she has the chance or would she, you know, actually just rather not spend time with anybody and just be by yourself because, I mean, that's the kind of life that you'd lead if you're like, everything leads to misery. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that. That sounds like such a sweet, like really cute kind of teen romance story. I yeah. love that. A little yeah. magic in there, of course. Yes, it has a little bit of a sad ending. I'm not going to spoil it. But, Please don't. <laughs> but um, it is, if you like romance, uh, it is a cute book and it, you know, it had a good message. So. Oh, good. I love that. So yeah, that is that is all I'm sharing today. Even though I've read very many books, <laughs> I mean that was still a good amount and a wide variety. That's honestly incredible that you're able to keep all of that in your head. That's a lot of books. One thing I did notice is that these all sound like fiction mm-hmm. books, is except for any? except for the oh. Eric Gansworth one. That one's oh, a nonfiction. Excellent. That excellent. one was Perfect. a biography. Yeah, great. Because I did a little bit of research about mm-hmm. the MCTBAs, and I noticed that last year was the first year nonfiction was really included. Yes, yes. Is there a lot more of that coming in this year as well? Um, there's not a ton of it uh, we've seen so far, but yeah, we've got Apple on there. Um, we've got a book about, uh, um, there's a book called Flamer, which is a biography as well. It's a graphic novel biography. Excellent. But yeah, um, it's interesting because some years there's a lot of young adult nonfiction that comes mm-hmm. out and other years there's not. So this year there hasn't been a whole lot. No, that's a great recap of all kinds of just great books yeah. from varying degrees of heavy to a little magical romance, yes. you know, the full spectrum. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Let's move on to a little library news and event preview. We actually have a bunch of stuff coming up this November. We've got weekly art cart kits every Wednesday and weekly story times on Thursday mornings at 9.30 a.m. We've got a lot coming up actually on Tuesday, November 9th with our Family Fun Night to Go kit, as well as our virtual event, Understanding Racism as a Threat to Public Health at 6.30 p.m. It does require pre-registration, so make sure you register if you are interested in attending. On Thursday, November 18th, we also have our teen take and make for the month, which is finger knit snakes or scarves. It sounds very cute, very <laughs> exciting. And our AM book club is meeting that morning as well. The other big news this month is that the library will be closed on Thursday the 25th and Friday the 26th. So make sure you're coming in early if you need to get your books before the holidays. And our last events of the month are on Tuesday the 30th with our 
Tinker Lab To Go kit, which is a DIY roller coaster this month. Mm -hmm. Super fun. And a teen advisory board meeting that afternoon. Well, if you have any questions for your hosts, you can always email us at shorewoodstacks at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening and be well. Have a good one. The Shoreward Stacks is produced and recorded by Lisa Quintero and Lizzie Jelly for the Shoreward Public Library. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod. The song is called Ice Flow and can be found on incompetech.com.